0: Britain's conversation. This is a podcast from LBC. James O'Brien.
1: Mr. How we've missed you. How welcome you are in these turbulent times of turmoil. If you don't know what this is then um, uh, don't don't worry. It's very, very different from what goes on the rest of the time on this programme. Um, The only thing that it has in common with the rest of the programme is that the phones go nuts. There was a time back in the day when this was the only hour of the week where I could guarantee every single phone line being full for the entire duration. But that now applies to pretty much every hour that we do Um, by which I should or because of which I should apologise to everybody who was waiting to contribute to the Brexit conversation that we've had for the last two hours I have a suspicion that that won't be the last time we talk about it so keep your powder dry and turn your attention now to our weekly journey into the unknown 0345 is the number you need if you have a mystery that needs solving and by that I mean, you know, kind of like a who, a why a where, a what, a when, a whither. Maybe even a wherefore. Possibly the occasional whence. Why do we do that, James? What's that about? When, when that happens, why does that happen? What's the origin of this? Did, did, yada bing, yada boom. You, you, you get it. Anything at all. There, there are only really sort of two prerequisites. One is that it must be a question that has an answer. You must believe that there is an answer out there. You just haven't been able to work out or find out what it is yet. Um, so not, not sort of eternal... Questions of existential mystery uh, is there a God or something like that? It has to have an answer oh three four five six oh six zero nine seven three and it has to be definitive by which I mean you have to remind me or, or, or tell me how you know that thing that you know that you 've just told the rest of us don 't get over burdened by the requirements though for qualifications you, you you don't have to have a phd or indeed be like one of the most regular mystery act contributors, the professor of the public understanding of science at the university of brighton you may just have seen it on david attenborough last night or um saw, seen it on mythbusters last year all i need to know is how you know that thing you know if you've got a question don't be boring kind of hard to police that, because people very rarely realise that they're boring. 03456060973 is a number to call if you don't think you're boring. Um, But we may politely, Jacob and Beth in charge today, they may politely um, invite you to move along, because nobody else is going to be interested in the answer to the question that you ask, okay? Uh, And repetition, which is kind of our job, although I have got Jones the Engineer back for two weeks only. Um, on comment from his new career as a professional poker player. And he is, or was, is the only person until he left last year um, to have been here since the very birth of Mystery Hour. Can you remember why it started? When or why? When or why, actually. About five years ago. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Probably the best part of a decade, at least. And I think it was partly because of elections. It, was, it gave us something to do on election days, And then it was so popular that we did it the next week. Because you can't talk about elections on election day. Um, my only... My only stumble with the, with the broadcasting authorities involved me driving a horse and cart right through the middle of that regulation and rule. But, um, but it meant that, you know, something like this was a great way, and it, it turned out to be so popular that we, we've never stopped. So, seven minutes after 12. Uh, every time I say the number, it means I've got a phone line free. But the turnover at the top of Mystery Hour is pretty violent, so just bear with. Let's start in Detroit, where Roland is. Roland, question or answer? And welcome.
2: Thank you, thank you um, It's a question Yes so, uh, My question is Sometimes when I'm Well, all the time When I'm listening to music On my uh, headphones If I yawn It sounds like the BPM is increasing And I, uh, I spoke to a music producer a Friend of mine He says when he wakes up in the morning And he's working, working on music It sounds like the BPM is faster And it changes as it gets throughout the day I don't want to know why
1: so we, you, I can't. I can't. I, I, we can only deal with your question because I don't. I don't quite get the other bit. He, you yawn and the music seems to get faster. Not just. It's you old. sure it's not getting higher? And you're mistaking no, it, it for it, getting it faster. It
2: sounds like because I'm, I'm, I work in dance music, so I'm listening to house music. So it's a regular, regular BPM for me. and um, it sounds like it gets quicker when you yawn.
1: I, I, I'm always slightly wary of things that might only apply to you, but that's why you brought your mate into it.
3: <laughs> exactly,
1: because <laughs> a, because it might involve a slightly damaging diagnosis that I'm not comfortable sharing o- o- over public radio. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I saw the same thing. But then your mate says that he thinks his music gets faster during the course of the day or slower.
2: No, no, no. When he wakes up in the morning, he reckons that it the BPM is different.
1: Okay. Are you? Are, I mean, do you take a lot not, of drugs? Do you take a lot of drugs, change. you and your friend?
2: It, it doesn't change, obviously. <laughs> it doesn't change.
1: No, but it sounds like it does. It sounds like it's changed. And you're not you're not under the influence of any mind bending substances. Always. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that'd be ridiculous. Vix inhalers. All right. I, I mean, is there a relationship between BPM and yawning and or time of day? Then it's quite an odd question, but I like it, Roland. Thank you. Will I know any of your tunes? Will I be familiar with any of your tunes?
2: Um, I've I've moved to Detroit because I got my first one signed to a record label last year, so they've asked me to come and do three more.
1: Great, man. Great work. Good luck.
2: Roland London.
1: Roland London. There you go. Look out for Roland London. Have you been up all night? Have you been in the studio all night, man? Laying down some tracks? Yeah. Yeah. Because what time is it in Detroit now?
2: It's 7 a.m.
1: Rock and roll. I'm so jealous. (laughs) You're so cool. Ten minutes after the tour, let's get Roland an answer. It's the least we can do. He stayed up all night to get this question on the radio. Paul is in Cheshire. Paul, question or answer?
3: I've got a question for you, James, and <laughs> it's from my kids, actually.
1: Carry on, Paul.
3: Right, I'm going to talk poo.
1: Oh. We've had two cow hours poo. of that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: cow poo and sheep poo. Now, they both eat grass. Uh, my kids want it to know why cow poo pet and sheep poo pellets.
1: Yeah, pellets versus pats. I, I like that. I mean, c- cows have cows have a completely different digestive system to sheep. That that's the yeah. short answer.
4: Yeah, but why
5: little current pellets?
1: Well, that's more like us. The the, the 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 well, no, I don't know why I'm trying to answer this, but it's going to have something to do with chewing the cud, Paul, isn't it? don't know yeah it must do i'll find out why why so why do sheep do i'm not going to use the p word again i'm just stick with the other p (laughs) words pellets and pats why do sheep sheep do pellets and cows do pats but they have an identical diet it's a clever question that you've got a couple of budding little scientists there or possibly even philosophers Uh, i like it and you can blame paradise wildlife park for it. it a wildlife park with cows and sheep in it wow
6: well, yeah, it's got sheep in it, but the cows. We were in the field the other day, and they noticed the
1: difference. Did, did they have any exotic wildlife in the in Paradise Wildlife Park? Because they,
6: they, they got a couple of snow leopards. and yeah. stuff like that. You're you good
1: because I didn't feel that you were bigging them up enough. No one was going to go. Oh, I'm going to go to Paradise Wildlife Park. They've got some sheep. Well,
6: they, yeah, they have got yeah, quite a bit,
5: quite a few what?
1: lions. Tigers. Lions? You, why'd you go in on the snow leopards? <laughs>
5: They've got everything, they are. Little red pandas.
6: Little red pandas? Oh, they're cute, they are. Where is it?
1: <laughs> Where is Paradise Wildlife Park? It's in Broxbourne. All right. There you go. You hey, got there in the end. I don't know who's going to go there because of the sheep, but they've got lions and little red pandas. But that's not what we're interested in. We're interested in why sheep do pellets and cows do pats, given that they have an identical diet. And then we've got Roland's BPM-related issues, which somebody listening to probably will understand, Okay. Thank you, Paul. Andy is in Plymouth. Andy, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Carry on, Andy.
4: Um, given uh, the sort of search by forensic pathologists to find out the identity of people or victims of death that don't have facial features or fingerprints, et cetera, by which they can go... Yes. ...they tend to revert to dental records... Yes. ...how do they know who that, whose dentist or who the dentist is of that victim given that I presume that there is no national database for dental
1: records. Why do you presume that?
4: Um, I cannot imagine how they can even begin to uh, log it, basically. And the other thing is, if you think about a victim who may not be uh, native to the country, and they're trying to find the uh, identity of victim, perhaps it's a foreign visitor to this country or or wherever. Yeah, I, know. No,
1: I, I like this question. I presume that, that... That's why I was being a little bit gnomic. Um, I presume there must be some sort of database. Otherwise, just using Occam's razor, I can't imagine what else it would be. They can't ring around every dentist sort of working out from wherever the murder occurred on a, on a sort of geographical, ever-increasing circles. But I love it, because no, it's, it's one of those things we've all seen and um, and never questioned. So, how? What, 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 yeah, yeah, you're on. Why, Andy? You're not planning something that I should be talking you out of, are you? You're no. Are you, sh- are you sure? That was quite yeah, an evil laugh. Yeah, uh, well, thank like you very much. <laughs> <laughs> 13 minutes after 12. John's in Derby. John, come on. Question or answer? Uh, question. Carry on.
0: Uh, where do you draw the line between grave robbing and um, archaeology? How long does a grave have to be before you can dig it up and c- count yourself as an archaeologist? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so and what is the difference between interfering with corpses and exploring mm-hmm. history? Yeah, pretty much. I, I got the
0: idea from seeing a, a a thing about the Titanic where they dug up a grave that was less than a
1: mm.
0: hundred years old at the time. So yeah, I think that counted as archaeology. I don't or,
1: know uh, that there's going to be a hard exactly. and fast rule, John.
0: No, I'm, maybe. But I'm sure there's a British Archaeology Society so that might have some sort did, of. Did, rules did they it, gra- did they dig up a grave?
1: They dug up an actual grave for the Titanic thing you saw.
0: Yeah. but... Yeah, there was one where they were trying to relate, uh, trying to do genealogy with a a child's corpse that they found, and it was covered up by a piece of uh, metal that preserved some of the organic matter, and that technically counted as uh, archaeology, so...
1: And then they compared it 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 to... uh, Because I don't think that digging up the grave would be archaeology. Mm. That would just be... A decision was taken that it was worth doing, because I think the... I think... It's probably always problematical to dig up a a demarked grave, an actual marked grave, because what archaeology is, you you stumble across a body when you're digging up a field, right? Yeah. It's not the same. If it's got an actual gravestone on it, it's probably governed by some sort of, if not... True. mm, Go on.
0: If if you're digging up a Saxon burial, you're probably expecting to find some bodies under it there, so it's kind of, it's whether it's a... I mean, a four hundred year old gravestone could be could be of archaeological
1: yeah. interest. Yeah, uh, well, can interest I ask why? 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 What? What? I mean, what the hell are you? I'm worried about Andy in Plymouth <laughs> asking about dental yeah. records. What the hell are you planning on doing this weekend? Uh, I,
0: nothing really. I heard this badly answered on a on the internet a couple of days ago, and I think that that answer was completely wrong. So it's just. Yeah, I'm
1: sure there's a... Cool. No? All right. When does grave robbing become archaeology? Or or indeed vice versa? I love that question. It's one of my all-time favourites. 12.15 is the time. Um, If you can answer any of the questions that we've got. So we've got Roland with his beats per minute on the music. Paul, who wants to... Paul Pats and Pellets, I've written down here. Paul wants to know why cows do pats and sheep do pellets, given that they have identical diets. I mean, more pertinently, his children want to know. Andy... Uh, wants to know where the dental records are, which we've all seen on on, on Who Done It and murder mysteries. And John, somewhat troublingly, wants to know at what point does interfering with corpses and digging up graves um, at what point can you excuse it as archaeology? You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC. <laughs> BPMs and yawning, is there, uh, I mean, a few of you have said you have the same experience. When Roland yawns, the music on his headphones seems to get quicker. I'd like to know why. Um, Sheep and cow have identical diet. One does pats, other does pellets. Uh, We need to consult the dental records to identify this cadaver, this corpse, this dead body. Why? Where are the dental records? And speaking of um, corpses and cadavers, what's the difference between archaeology and grave robbing? Dave is in Hornchurch. Dave, question or answer?
7: James, this is really spooky. I've got the answer to all three
1: of them. <laughs> you can only do what? <laughs> I'm tempted. What, what, tempted. what, what, you then, what did you what clear did you with you Beth? Them? Who did you speak to, Beth or Jacob?
7: Uh, it's, about, it's about the hearing. Yeah, thing.
1: do that one then. Do that one.
7: Okay, mate. Um, well, it's, um, it's the change of air pressure in the eustachian tubes that run from your eardrums through to the back of your throat.
1: Yeah that was why I wondered whether the 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 tone had got higher rather than faster why would a change of air pressure make it sound faster
7: well it sort of bends the note it it, it distorts it
1: qualifications
7: it's, uh i've had some problem with my hearing myself so so, so
1: the yawn would be air pressure and and but Which
7: is why when you're on a, when you're on a plane and it's pressurising, you pinch your nose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you alter the air pressure in in your ear. No, I
1: get that. I I don't understand why it would seem to be faster. I could see why it would seem to be different, but not necessarily faster. I, I, but it's I really want to give you a round of just, applause.
7: It's just distorted. It isn't necessarily faster.
1: distorted. And and the impression Roland gets is that it's speeded up, but in fact his brain could be processing the information that his ears are delivering and and, and telling him that it's getting faster, but actually it is just getting different.
7: Yeah.
1: I'm going to give you a round of applause.
7: Thank you, mate.
1: No, you're welcome. (laughs) What were the other ones you knew the answer to, just out of interest?
7: Right, well, I'm a funeral director, and we've got uh, an exhumation
1: company as well. Oh, you know? flipping <laughs> We've gone completely <laughs> down the wrong hole on this one, if you pardon the pun. You've actually got an exhumation company. That would have been a Ray Dave.
7: So, yeah, you know, I've got a good idea of...
1: No, you can't do it now, day. mate, but that would, <laughs> uh, been, that would have been an actual uh, full-on Ray Liotta. That's the thing, though, you see. You're so eager for your round of applause, you rang in on the ear question... <laughs> If you, oh no! I should never have asked you now, because that—that oh rats. Well, we're just going to hope someone else listening has an ex- exhumation company. We need Dave's biggest rivals. Um, does Jones, the engineer, know what a railioter is? Yeah. Are you sure? Because he hasn't been here for a while. Can we? Ch- can we? Because ch- all right, I think he's getting I'm old. Ray all right. Okay. Thank you. Stop it. Stop. Twenty-three minutes after twelve. Uh, two phone lines free. Co- grab on quickly if you can answer any of the questions that we've had. Going to cross out the ear question, but only with one line because there may be a more um, detailed explanation available. And I've also got room for a, a couple more questions on the board. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need. Martin is in Eastbourne. Martin, question or answer?
4: Uh, I've got a question, mate. Yeah. yeah um, when you delete um, a file or information off your laptop computer, mm. um, say. You send it to the bin, and then you empty the bin. Where does that information go from then on?
1: Oh, it's every question today seems to be the precursor to a crime. I don't know what what, what are you trying <laughs> to cut. What are you worried about, Martin? Oh
7: no, no, I'm not worried about
1: nothing. Oh no, no, of course you're not. Yeah, you just want to know uh, how you can be sure I that how off, you can mate. be sure that the stuff you've deleted off your computer will never see the light of day again. You're not worried about anything at all, mate, are you?
4: No, but I, I used to work in a photo lab, and um, quite often customers would bring their SD cards in and say oh, I've completely lost all my images and uh, is there any way of getting them back? Um, and okay. we had a we had a, a way of getting all of those images back.
1: I, 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 it's something to do with 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 mag- magnetism or, or the the way that the information is recorded and and it gets written over. So when it's deleted, it's not actually deleted. But I don't remember the details. Someone listening will, and and I'll get you the answer.
7: Okay, mate.
1: All right. Yes, thanks very much. No, cheers, mate. 12.24, Yasser is in Manchester. Question or answer, Yasser?
5: It's an answer, James.
7: Let's
1: go.
5: I don't have an exhumation company, but I am a dentist who's had to identify um, one of uh, one of my patients.
3: Oh, think, boy.
5: Right, so you can't... If you, if you find an unidentified body, I don't think you can identify them from their dental record. You can confirm an identity that you suspect...
1: From the dental records. So that uh, so sometimes perhaps the the, the, the the writers of fiction have got a little bit carried away. So you would need to say if, if, if somebody well, found a body say, and they thought it was me, they'd find out who my dentist was and then so there's no national database or anything like that.
5: There's a national database of the most dentist you may have gone to if you um, if your dentist was an NHS dentist, you yes. go to NHS dental services. So in my case what happened was um, they, they they knew who the person was but um, it was difficult to identify visually
3: oh, God! So,
5: so I had to I mean and by the dental records you look at what teeth are present what teeth are missing which teeth have got what kind of fillings in yeah so it, it creates kind of like a, a, a unique uh, fingerprint um, it was it was horrible it was gruesome and I don't think I'd I mean, I would do it again, obviously, because it's a public service. But it's uh,
1: it so you get like... you you do you, do you do you have to spend time with the with the body.
5: Well, <laughs> imagine if you've been to the dentist and you have the dentist both hands in their mouth with a mirror. I have to do that while clearing away maggots, mate.
1: Oh, shut the front door! I God, oh, me.
5: I could I couldn't get the. Out of my nose. All
1: right, all right, all right. I feel for you, I really do. But you're making everyone else feel a bit giddy, giddy now. So there's no, so there's no such thing as dental records, then? As it, I mean, you could, or, or rather, there are, but you need to be, you need to make your comparison from what do you have? A photograph? What, what are in your records? Well,
5: no, I have, I have. Right, so James O'Brien, he's got this many teeth, but in, in each tooth is identified as present or missing. Whether it's got a filling in it or not, if it has a filling in it, whether it's
1: so, you've got a map of my you've got a map of my mouth in your files,
8: yeah, exactly,
1: right, and then you need to bring the map with you to the to the to the to the, to the oh, maggots.
5: Well, well, what I had to do was right, I had to uh, because I, if, I think if I if I'd opened my mouth to speak, I would have vomited. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> So I had I had a colleague read out the map, and I would just nod or shake
1: my head just to confirm. Which is what it's the same as when you're at the dentist, and, and he's going, you know, D twenty four, F nineteen. Yeah, are you all right now? I mean, how long ago was this?
5: Oh no, this was, this was uh, this was early on. It was about. Uh, uh,
1: 10, 10, 15 years ago. And was it a crime? Uh, we, I mean, was it a famous case? No, no. It
3: unfortunately,
1: it was a gentleman took his own life. Oh, no, you know, and then I didn't, didn't get found for ages. I tell you yeah, what, Mystery yeah, has it's gone. it has gone off on a bit of a sad...
5: Oh, I'm sorry about
1: that. It's, 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 it's yeah, a crime. We haven't even done the archaeology grave robbing question yet. I was not, a... I, I mean, the bottom line, though, when someone rings in to ask a question, how do dentists use dental records to identify corpses? And you ring in and say, I am a dentist and I have used dental records to identify a corpse. You, you know what's going to gonna confirm,
5: happen. To, to confirm the identity of a corpse, I think I'm going to get a
2: Ray Liotta
1: I think you're right.
2: I'm Ray Liotta and you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. If you build it, they will come.
1: <clears throat> oh, man. Uh, no, no further comment on that call. Nice one, yes, sir. Uh, Niall is in Hackney. No, question or answer?
4: It's a question, actually, James. Carry on. OK, when you see car adverts on television um, for, like, the new Honda and all the rest of it, um, when they're driving around over the with and looking nice, they've always got a funny registration plate. So the registration plate will say, like, FB006 or something like that. But I'm wondering where it comes from. How do they come up with that registration plate
1: number? I, I, I talk about from the sublime to the ridiculous. I, I don't really understand what you're asking, but I, I'm even more mm. baffled about why you're asking it.
6: Because whenever you see the
1: the, but, uh, the, but, the but if, you, if TV, they want the, the the registration plate is is on the car, and and if it's if it's like a nod to whatever brand of car it is, that's just the people making the commercial have put it on the car. Yeah, but
4: but it's never it's never a reference. So if it's a BMW, the the registration plate doesn't say BMW it says, like, FB01 or something like that. Right. It, al- it always has something quite unique about it.
1: But all registration plates are unique. That's the point.
4: They, they are, but these... but these they, they, If you see the adverts, they've never got a standard seven-digit registration plate. I,
1: I, 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 I don't want to sound unkind. But what? <laughs> 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 when you see the car
4: advert, next time you see a car advert... Oh,
1: all right. Well, I... I do, do, does this keep you awake at night, Niall? It has. I mean, yeah? Very, well, very... I don't want to be... I don't, I, don't, I want to I I end your pain, I really do, but I'm Thank a little you. bit baffled. One thing I would say, though, that rule I've got about not having any questions on the show about cars, that's, uh, that's there for a reason. <laughs> if, you know, if you know what Niall is talking about, then give me a ring and, and put him out of his misery. If you were eating your lunch when Yasser came on with his answer to a question about dental records, then on, on his and my behalf, I'm sorry... You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC. Niall's question is actually quite good after I mocked him. The question about the car registration place, as you will discover when you find out the answer. Uh, We still need to know when grave robbing can be passed off as archaeology. Is there a date on it? Is there a a time limit? Um, Why do cows do pats and sheep do pellets? Someone must know that. Come on. Given that they have an identical diet, Paul's kids want to know why. Their dental records question. Andy, you, 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 were, you were sorted right out by Yasser. I suspect you're over the moon with that. Um, and I think that's it. Is it? Is there anything else? Oh, and they're deleting the computers. Old Martin, terrified that the contents of his hard disk might end up in the hands of his partner. Uh, I made that up. I'm just speculating on what his motivation might be. Graham is in East Grinstead. Graham, question or answer?
4: Um.
1: Carry on, Graham. A bit worried about the phone line.
4: Oh, okay. I'll see if I can move. Um, I'm going to give you an answer on a computer question
1: about. I'm going to have to sort that phone line out. We'll go, we'll get back to you imminently. Dan's in Golders Green. Dan, question or answer? Hi, James. It's a question. Carry on.
4: I'm wondering about the dice. How come the dice I've got and not uh, and
1: numbers? Because you can count dots, but you might not know numbers if you were illiterate.
3: Good one. You're a genius.
2: <laughs>
1: And, and 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 of course, it works in every language in the world. So you can use your same dice whether you're in China or, or, or Chelmsford.
3: Good one, yeah.
1: yeah. nice. Great, great. No, thanks, mate. That's <clears throat> keep that one up. It's been a while since I got a round of applause. Uh, back to Graham, who's about to answer the question about what well, d- d- deleting hard disks. Where does it go when you delete the data? Graham, over to you.
4: Okay, so um, on a computer system, when it actually goes to write a file or create a file, what it will do is it will um, look or access the index file. There's an index file which contains all the information about where your file is physically located on the hard disk drive or your memory card. Yeah. <clears throat> and what happens is, is when uh, the computer writes information to the disk, it won't have a, it might not have a, cont- a contiguous space to write the file, so it won't all go in one space. Mm. So it might be placed in different physical locations all over the disk. And this index file keeps that information about where the file parts are. So when you delete a file, what the computer does is it just deletes the entry in the index file so the computer no longer knows where the physical location of the parts of your file are on the disk. So unless... uh, And that means that the space then becomes available for you to create other files.
1: Even though the the old file is still there?
4: The old file... The information for that file is still there physically on the disk until such time as it's overwritten by a new file. So the computer then recognises that space because the index file hasn't got a...
1: So a deleted uh, file can could still be retrievable, but also exactly. it's not indefinitely retrievable. There are circumstances in which it could become irretrievable as well.
4: And I think now with the forensic side of things, they can dig down onto the disk anyway. So unless you completely format the disk and degauss it, which is like passing it through a massive magnetic field, yeah, then... Um, it could still be available uh, even after you've overwritten it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Jones. Be careful, mate. Uh, Round of applause. Oh, hang on. Qualifications?
4: Uh, About 30 years in IT.
1: Sweet. (laughs) Nicely played, Graham. It's 12.39. Cross that one off. Cross that one (laughs) off. Uh, John's in Burnley. Hello, John. Question or answer?
6: Hi, James. I've got a question. What is a country mile and is it a recognised distance?
1: Yeah, I like that, I and mean, it's it's a bit more than a normal mile, isn't it? That's a, isn't that it? it's like a baker's dozen.
6: I'm not quite sure because, say, say in a general election, a candidate wins by a huge majority. Somebody will say they won by a country mile. Oh, I've yeah. always wondered what it was.
1: Well, but it must be more than a normal back. mile. Other, uh, if it was not more than a normal mile, it'd be a rubbish figure of speech, wouldn't it?
6: Yeah, well, I, I, I thought it might be something to do old time, maybe in the country, in the farmers, a couple of pubs. A couple of pubs, the other race, they it's a
1: country that? mile. I mean, it, means, it means a really long way, but yeah, why? Why do we use country miles? I like that. Yeah, nice question. We're only allowed one origin of phrase question a week, and John has nicked it for this week, so back in your box if you've got one of your own. Um, I, the archaeology grave robbing question is great, but, but we haven't yet got an answer, so bear that one in mind. Niall's question about car adverts, the registrations on cars always look different from normal, and, and it didn't, I didn't understand the question, but um, it, lots of people listening did so we'll, we'll crack on with that one and the sheep, why do sheep do pellets and cows do pats even though they've got identical diets, uh, 1240 is the time couple of phone lines free, we've got time for more questions guys haven't we, we're, we're picking them off this week so don't hold back, I can see two phone lines free 0345 is the number you need if you've got a question and you want to grab one of those lines Graham is in Orpington, Graham question or answer
8: I've got an answer James
1: bring it on Graham
8: uh, about the car registration numbers in adverts uh, the reason they look a little bit funny is because they use letters like A, H, 0, 1, M anything that reads forwards uh, the same as it reads backwards so in this country you do an advert for a car, you drive on the left but you want to save money advertising the same car in, uh, in Europe so you just flip the image
1: that's a really nice answer in fact that's, that's, that's given me pause actually about whether or not you can dismiss a question as being dull until you actually know what the answer is, because that answer, I would say, is about 100 times more interesting than the question. <laughs> Qualifications? Yeah, I
8: would agree. Uh, I worked in um, video reproductions years and years ago, so I used to cue uh, quality control adverts uh, for cars, both in this country, and you get the same advert flipped in reverse for the continent.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I love those sort of little nuggets of information, Graham. Thanks ever so much, and my apologies to, to the fellow who asked the question for being so dismissive and, and condescending. It's twelve forty-one. Oh three four five Frank is in Seven Oaks. Question or answer, Frank? Uh, it's an answer, James. Go on. Um, palindromes would be ahead. the word, wouldn't it, Frank? There'd be palindromes on the number plate, so they read the same backwards as forwards.
3: That
5: would be correct. Carry on. Um, Sorry, Frank, I interrupted. Four, four stomachs. Yes. Therefore, they process the um, grass a lot more efficiently than sheep and any other herbivore. Um, so, basically, you get roughage um, in the horses, sheep, etc. Yeah. Um, and because it's just been processed in four different stomachs and all the. Uh, there's nothing left. It's, you're talking about a pat.
1: You've got a pat. There's no fiber, there's no roughage. It's all been absorbed. Yep. Qualifications? I used to go to agricultural college. That'll do, yeah. Nicely played, and then that'll work for Paul's kids, won't it? When he just tells them the cow's got four stomachs and the sheep's only got one, so you know, imagine the pellets come out of stomach one, and then they go into stomach two, and they get mushed up a bit, and then they go into stomach three, and they get kind of mashed up a bit, but it's still quite solid, and then they hit stomach four, and then it just comes out as, as pat.
3: Exactly.
5: Yeah, it's, it's even if, if you just same, compost and grass. If you put leaf crop, just put grass up on top of each other and just let water work together, that's eventually what happens. It just everything gets leached out.
1: Very strong. Very strong. Well played, Frank. Did you go into uh, agriculture after attending agricultural college? No, I didn't. Well, well that's a bit odd.
5: <laughs> you, done it for a couple of years, and uh,
1: it's quite a vocational. To... It's quite a vocational education you had there, Frank.
5: It was a day. You sell the land, you move
1: on. You do, yeah, you do. Onwards and upwards. Sunny uplands. Twelve forty-three. Sam is in Croydon. Question or answer, Sam?
8: Uh, question. Carry on. Why is a tea towel called a tea towel?
1: Well, what, what? Which bit are you confused by? The towel bit or the tea bit?
8: No, the t- like a bath towel is obviously for when you're in and out of the bath. Yeah, but a tea towel is just for about the chin, not necessarily to do with tea.
1: Well, sort of, but I mean, when when they first started appearing in the kitchens, they probably were the what you picked up the teapot with. You know, it's a really hot thing, isn't it? It's your towel for picking up the teapot. I've got to be honest with you, I only came up with that answer after I'd started speaking. <laughs> yeah. But it's quite yeah, a good one.
8: It's quite a good one, yeah. I suppose it... Exp-
1: Because you wouldn't need it in any other circumstances, would you? It's like, what else would you need in the kitchen for? uh, You know, we use it now for cleaning up and stuff, but you could use a sponge for that, you could use a dishcloth for that, but you wouldn't want a dishcloth near your teapot, because it's, you know, a bit manky. Hot teapot needs to be picked up. I don't know. I'll I'll leave it on the board, though. I, I, I don't think I've gone definitive. Why do you want to know? It's quite an odd thing to be worrying about down in Croydon.
8: No, it's just when I'm in customers' houses and there's a bit of water leakage and I'm saying, Have you got a tea towel? Yeah. Just wondering why it's called a tea towel. Fair enough.
1: Marley, no, are you a plumber?
8: At the washing machine.
1: Fair enough. I just was a bit worried then. Thought you might might have been a sort of incontinent tradesman or something like that, but it's good, good to know you're working on the white goods.
0: You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC.
1: I don't often get distracted during Mystery Hour, but there's some footage uh, of Nick Dunn, one of the so-called Chennai Six, getting into Newcastle Airport a few moments ago and seeing his family. He's been in jail since 2013 um, after being um, convicted of carrying ammunition and unlicensed firearms, um, unsurprisingly, because they were working as security guards on a, on an anti-piracy ship in the Indian Ocean, but they fell foul of jurisdictional issues and got sent to jail. Um, it's it's one of the most moving things I've ever seen. I don't even know who the which family members it was, whether it was his mum or his grandma or in the wheelchair, his brother or his dad that came around the background, and whether the blonde lady is his partner or his um, sister. But my god, the rawness of that emotion is is, is absolutely absolutely magnificent. Ten minutes to one. Um, cracking on with mystery, huh? acknowledging that there's a steward's inquiry around the corner because I got a bit blindsided by old Frank telling me he went to agricultural college. I'm not surprised he didn't last long as a farmer, because a sheep is a ruminant, as well as a cow you prune, which means a sheep's also got four stomachs. So that question's back on the board. Stuart's in Crawley. Stuart, question or answer? Uh, answer. Carry on, Stuart. Uh,
6: to the uh, country mile. Yes. Uh, if if uh, you're out in the, the downs, or in the woods, or in country in general, you're walking uphill and down down. Yeah. So you're going up and down, up and down. And if you were to actually stretch that out, if you were to flatten that out, it would obviously be a good quarter half a mile longer, maybe, than what it actually...
1: Well, is. walking in the country, even though you're walking the same distance officially, feels like it's a lot longer.
6: Yeah, so if, if you imagine the other uh, um, expression, which as the crow flies, as the crow flies, is actually op- a yeah. proper mile, it's the opposite. Yeah. Because obviously it would be flying straight and flat. Whereas if you was actually walking over the downs, up and down, up and down, up a mountain, then down the other side, yeah. you, might have, you might have only actually covered a quarter of a mile, but you've gone a mile up and a mile down. Love it. So that's two miles. Yeah, love it. See?
1: Qualifications?
6: <laughs> <laughs> I've spent my entire life backpacking and trekking and love every minute of yeah,
1: it. Yeah, it's just much more arduous. I don't know that there is a definitive answer in the, in the sort of annals, in the Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable or whatever it is, but that's that's as good as any. It's better than if all you, the others. If
6: you looked at it, so if you're looking at a map and you, you look at the grid squares and you think... Oh, it's only five miles, and if you don't take into account the 3,000 feet of ascent and descent, you yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, a bit of a shock. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, you're on. Yeah, it's great work. Great. What's the best walk you've ever done? Hang on a minute. What's the uh, best? Uh, probably the Pennine Way. Yeah, beautiful. It's, a, it's about 220 miles.
6: You wake up every day in the morning, and you walk to the horizon every single day for about 16, 17 days, and it's fantastic.
1: What do you do? Do you yeah. stay in youth hostels or do you camp or do you look for...
6: Camps all the way. I've done really? many, many of the paths, yeah. You're quite hardcore. Have
1: you done Peddler's I've Way? Have you done Peddler's Way? In peddler's Way? Yeah. I've done the Coast to Coast, the <laughs> West Island Way. Get on. Uh, you need a Peddler TV, Island TV Island show, Stuart. We've got to get you a TV yeah, show. get it. The
6: South West Coast Path, you name it, I've yeah. done it. Brilliant.
1: Right, and it's earned you this. So it's very nearly a railyard to that, but I can't just give you a to because you've done a lot of walking. Uh, Bo is in stains. Bo, question or answer? Uh,
8: it's actually an answer, James. Carry on, Bo. Uh, it's to the graveyard. Oh, well, g- grave robbing question
1: and all that. Yeah. So, so when does it become archaeology?
8: Um, Any time, really, but they've actually got to get permission from a data analyst to see, you know, say, like, A, if the site's actually protected, or, you know, sort of like, actually from, say, if it's recent, the family, or... So, so
1: a marked grave, you can't dig it up without permission, but you can get permission if your case is strong enough?
8: Uh, it goes through all sort of file things and all that, and um, i say it's just a matter of whether or not A they will allow it or be whether it's protected or not
1: qualifications
8: uh, it's actually from my wife and brother-in-law because my wife's actually a data analyst and my brother-in-law is one of the top three anthropologies doctors in Florida right So I think
1: the round of applause is probably more for them. Well, not yet, because I don't really understand the answer. So uh, if I want to dig up a grave, I go to a data analyst.
8: Um, It depends on how old the grave is. And if they like, if it's sort of like a mass grave or it's got any historical... So there's
1: no... The answer to the question is there's no distinction between archaeology and grave robbing, because the rules will be the same whether the grave is 500 years old or five years old.
8: Pretty much, yeah.
1: I'm going to give you a round of applause, Bo.
8: Thank you. Hopefully, I've redeemed this from the builders' question before.
1: <laughs> right, which one was that?
8: Um, when is a building called a building?
1: I yeah, thought, oh, that was that you, was it? <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, surprised. Surprised that you would want to remind anyone of that moment, Bo. It was the second daftest moment we've ever had on Mistria.
8: Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'd say hopefully um, I've redeemed it. Even though you
1: have, Bo, you've redeemed yourself. You've redeemed yourself, Don't you want to know what the daftest moment was?
8: Uh, what
1: was that? Uh, it was when a fellow rang in and said, why don't islands float away? <laughs> and I, I met him in Hammersmith. He's a lovely bloke. He's a doctor. Oh, I've spoiled the punchline. I met him in Hammersmith a few years later, uh, and we had a chat, and, and he revealed who he was, which I thought was quite courageous of him, and it turned out he was a doctor. It turned out on air that he was a doctor, didn't it? I said, what do you do for a living? I, m- I need to work on that anecdote. Uh, Mark is in Surbiton. Mark, question or Sir Button, as it says here. Um, Mark, question or answer?
3: Answer.
1: Um, Carry on, Mark.
3: Right, it's the tea towel one. Oh yes. Why well, it's called tea towel. Well, years ago when you made a pot of tea, you used to put a tea towel over the pot to keep it warm. Yes. And then you'd use a tea towel to wipe the dishes up because it's nice and warm.
1: Yes. Qualifications?
3: Um my grand used to make tea.
1: Well, that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> single you out.
3: No, but only for me, especially proper tea, lemon Yeah,
1: tea. I could, well, I kind of—I've oh, I've already done this. I can't. I, that's what I said. I kind of needed when no, I said no, qualifications. No,
3: did you, you didn't answer the question fully, and then the tea towel was used to wipe up the dishes because it was nice and dry. Yeah, but
1: it was already called a tea towel before anyone wiped the dishes with it.
3: Yeah, but well, then it was called a towel,
1: so you can wipe up the dishes. So but it's called it a tea towel. Yeah, I, I, I sense that you—you you've, know—you've got quite a lot riding on this. I'm not in the mood for a scrap.
3: Right. Well, I think I'm right. And I've never had a applause. I've never actually answered a question, although I listen to you all the time. All right. And I think you're brilliant. You really educate me very well.
1: Yeah, he's over the line. That's it. I'm not having a a row with Mark. Everything he says is gospel truth. Thank you, mate. Omar is in Gravesend. Question or answer, Omar? It's the answer
5: to the goat and... uh, Sorry, the sheep and cow.
1: Yes. Yes, because our our, our agricultural, former agricultural college student was quite spectacularly wrong. A sheep has four stomachs, as does a cow. So why does a cow do pats when a sheep does pellets, Omar?
5: It's how they evolved, because cows have evolved on uh, lowlands and forests, whereas sheep and goats evolved in the mountains, where there's a lot less uh, moisture, and also a lot less green foods. So when they um, excrete the toppings, they have taken all the moisture out of the
1: food. That is strong.
5: And if you have, like, if you notice sheep in fields, their um, faeces will change t- throughout the year. As their farmers put them on hay, they will get drier and uh, pelleted.
1: This is, this is the point out, at which I take your word for it. I'm not going to go and start examining faeces in fields of sheep or cows or indeed any other ruminant. But that, that moisture retention evolutionary answer is brilliant. Okay. What are your qualifications? Mm, nothing, just interest. No, but, mate, you've got to give me something. What do you mean interest? You've just got an interest in sheep poo. No, in most, most natural
5: things. I called you about the white in- if insects sleep uh, a
1: few uh, months ago. Yeah, d- like. so just, you're just interested in the natural world, but where did you pick yes. up this particular nugget, if you pardon the pun? Oh, I really don't remember. Oh, well, I can't no, give no. you a round of applause, man. <laughs> where did you I read it?
5: Degree in, I really do have a degree in biology, so I read a lot of it. That'll be it,
1: then. That, yeah, I've got a degree world, in biology. Yeah. You could have just said that. What are you calling I've got oh. a degree in biology, James. Okay. What school did you go to? What What, what university?
5: Um,
1: uh, London Met London Metropolitan University yeah. Degree in biology Made you an expert on sheep feces
5: uh, Yeah
1: There you go I, I think
5: that's actually quite a good uh, explanation of that uh, university What? Not, nothing
1: okay. <laughs> What's that noise in the background?
3: Uh, it's my dog Okay Doing his choice.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay Is the dog alright?
3: Your dog's fine Cool
1: I've got I've got forty four seconds left. I haven't got any more answers on the board. Omar, are you? I mean, uh, what are you doing this weekend? Anything nice?
5: Uh, I don't think so.
1: No, you're going to take the dog out, though, aren't you? Check out yes. some quality sheep feces. Yes, probably. What do you prefer, cow pats or sheep pellets?
5: Cow pat there you can use them to uh, as
3: firewood
1: as well. You can when they've dried out. We used to use them as frisbees exactly. when I was a kid. They used to make us play rugby yeah. on a, on a field mm-hmm. where the cows had been, and the cowpats were so frozen that you, one one kid had to go to hospital because he got his leg got cut wide open by a flying cowpat. Oh. Oh, Omar, you got me over this the line. Surreal, this is a lot more
3: surreal than
1: usual. You're telling me, mate. Sheila <laughs> Fogarty's got to take out the baton now. Quite what she's going to do with it is anybody's guess. We'll do this again tomorrow morning from 10. Omar, did Omar get a round of applause? He did. Sheila Fogarty's just having a small sort of paroxysm um, in the background.
6: The, uh, what's the baton made of? <laughs> it's
1: frozen. Sheep or, <laughs> sheep or cow? Parsnips.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, hear James O'Brien live every weekday morning from 10, only on LBC.